Welcome to the Ripcord Moment, a podcast focused on empowering owners to optimize the outcome of their business succession plan and achieve their perfect landing. For most owners, the majority of their net worth is tied up in their business. And yet many struggle to create a plan that maximizes the value of their business with their personal financial plan. As a seasoned advisor for over 20 years, I help guide owners through the exit planning process with both their personal and professional goals in mind. When it comes to succession planning, there are numerous factors that play a role in passing the reins to the next owner of a business. And in this podcast, we showcase the owners and their team of trusted advisors that have navigated these challenges, structured successful deals, and ultimately achieved their perfect landing. Welcome to the Ripcord Moment. I'm your host, Joe C2. Today, we're joined by Don Ranson. He's the owner of Pride Staff. Pride Staff is an award-winning, full-service staffing and recruiting company with over 85 offices in the United States. Uh, Don's office is responsible for serving the Northwest Los Angeles County region and the Ventura uh, County here in in the greater Los Angeles area. In 2013, Don chased his dream, his American dream, of leaving his corporate position and starting his own company. He opened his first Pride Staff office in Thousand Oaks, and then he opened up a second office in Oxnard nearby in 2017. He's got a a wide variety of experience and background in in marketing, sales, management, really focused on bringing the right people uh, to the table for owners to develop strong teams. He's got a very interesting background in that he was born in Africa to Dutch parents. He's worked in Asia, Europe, the United States with such companies as Belkin and Phillips. So, Don, welcome to the podcast. I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. Thanks for having me, Joe. It's a pleasure. Thank you. So, you know, we're in an environment, obviously, the last couple of years here with COVID. And, you know, we hear it in a lot of industries. Your your specialty is in recruitment and talent and in sort of the HR world. One of the things I consistently hear from from other business owners, from professional friends of mine and other professions, it's so challenging to find good people. Why do you think that is? Well, a lot of people think it's pure pure because of COVID, but actually there were some trends already going on before COVID that are kind of uh, don't help us finding uh, finding good people. So I think three major trends are combining. One is baby boomers are retiring at a fast pace. So baby boomers, basically everybody born from 49 to 64, uh, they're retiring. And and I think COVID accelerated the whole thing been, because for a lot of people, they realize it's uh, they're worried about their health. Uh, they didn't like the remote work aspect. So about 2 million plus a year, baby boomers are retiring. Two, and they're not 2 being, million plus a year out of the labor force. Okay. Correct. And those are people typically at the top of their game. So they typically yeah. are people in management positions. So they're a big loss to a company. The second, the second uh, trend is that the birth rates have been declining for since the 70s. So yeah. basically, in general, if the birth rate is less than 2.1%, the population is actually shrinking. And, and we're in that trend since several years. So we're actually shrinking as a population in America. And then on top of that, the labor particip- participation rate is shrinking as well from somewhat 61 plus to low 60s. Um, it isn't a big a big difference, but on the numbers we have in America, all three things combined are basically saying there are just less people for the amount of jobs we have. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a sub-trend as well, where during COVID, particularly women 
were leaving the workforce at a higher pace than men. Yeah. Uh, for, for like for many, many reasons. One of it's like, you know, kids weren't vaccinated. They had to stay at home. Somebody had to take care of kids. And unfortunately, in many cases, that was the, that was the wife or the, or the women in the, in, the, in the workforce. So they have been, uh, I have the numbers here, between 2020, 2021, so the first year of COVID, 2.4 million women left the workforce. Gosh. And it's still to be seen that they come back. So as a result, what you have now is that over the last numbers we have in May, uh, there are about 12 million job openings and about 6 million people looking for jobs. So that's kind of almost a ratio one to two yeah. job speakers and, and open job orders. So we've obviously got inflationary pressures and now we've got, you know, even, you know, more fueling the fire on the wage uh, pressure side because you've got so many business owners and companies looking for the, you know, uh, the talent and there's such a diminished supply. So yeah. from a from a um, owner's perspective, right, and company perspective, what can we be doing to reduce uh, turnover and to really ensure that you keep uh, your team happy? Well, first of all, I, I want to highlight the cost of turnover, right? I think the cost of turnover is it's the direct cost, which is depending on the position. I think the higher the position, the higher the cost. But typically between the rule of thumb is about six to 12 months of annual salary is a cost of turnover. Okay. And that's a combination of recruitment costs, uh, training costs, and, uh, and a loss of productivity. But there are a lot of hidden costs as well. Hidden costs like um, people, if it, is, if it is a manufacturing environment, a lot of people do overtime and therefore get paid more because people are dropping out. Uh, there is things like uh, you will see more mistakes because people are coming in, they are less trained. You see things like customer service levels are going down because yeah. more, more more demand on less people. And I think there's also, it's almost like a snowball effect that if there's a high turnover in a company, you have more people it's asking got, themselves, what should be the same? Right, it's got to affect the culture. Correct. Right. Yeah. So, so people I'm, are asking, well, why is Johnny leaving? Should I should I be leaving as well? Sure. And should I be looking elsewhere? What's going questioning on? Themselves. And yeah. So it is in, in general, it's a uh, it's it's turnover is very bad for culture, very bad for overall morale, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a snowball effect if you don't stop it in time. Yeah. So it sounds like what you're saying is there's obviously the the direct you know, quantitative uh, um, uh, costs that we can measure very easily. And then there's these also qualitative uh, measures that will ultimately affect uh, revenue and and productivity. And uh, you will, you'll see them filter into the numbers, but perhaps maybe not um, immediately, but over time. Uh, So, so to that, you know, to that end, I mean, what are some of the things that you coach or um, I guess, encourage your clients to do to mitigate, uh, those that turnover. Well, that's actually a good news, right? So, what I'm seeing is a clear shift where, for chains, I think smaller companies, medium-sized companies, have a benefit. So, a lot of a lot of new, younger employees are really looking for companies with a soul and a heart. So, yeah. if if they if they are kind of shying away from the big corporations where you're just a number. And I think smaller and medium-sized companies have an amazing opportunity to actually be, to, to offer not just a, an office, but also a work environment where they realize that if people are spending eight or 10 hours of the day at the office or in a work environment, they better make it worth it. So I think start even at onboarding, right? At onboarding, when people start their first, their first job, um, it used to be, here's your, here's your phone, here's your computer, 
good right. luck. Good work. <laughs> good work. Um, what you're seeing now, what's also being expected from a younger generation is you're sitting down with your manager and they expect to learn about the culture and the values. What, what does the company stand for? Things like what a younger generation also is looking for is, is a clear a clear roadmap and a path to how they can grow within the company. A clear uh, career path but, to the next level. Correct. Sure. So, they, so they expect some kind of training program or if I do this, then I get that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of what's in it for me, right? So a lot of a lot of a lot of employees are realizing, you know, I'm not just an employee for you. I also want to grow myself. I mean, what what if I spend this much time in an office in, an, in mm-hmm. a job environment? Why would I do that? And then little things like, um, uh, 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 yeah, I wanted to mention this one: so the the days of once a year performance appraisals are absolutely over. Oh yeah, absolutely. The generation expect they expect like immediate feedback. They expect their direct manager to come to them. It's like, hey, this was good. This wasn't good. And and don't wait for half a year before you get your big performance review. I mean, I think it speaks to the fact that right, we live in a world where we have instant gratification on our phones, emails. I mean, it's just sort of how we live our lives, and it permeates from you know sort of the personal realm, obviously, into the workforce. Um, you know, one of the things I'll mention, you know, Don, that we do here at our firm that we started a couple of years ago is a mentor mentee program, where every six months, um, people are pay- being paired. You know, those who've been here a little bit longer, Morton with some of the newer uh, staff and, uh, and and it's across different departments, right? So it's not just advisor to advisor, but it's, uh, you know, incorporating the operations team and the trading team and the financial planning team. And really um, we're doing our best to, I think, adhere to what you're saying and recognizing the trends in the workforce. So wanted to throw that out there. It's, it's and, and the two things which are very positive as well, the younger generation, the, the Gen Z and the millennials, they're actually very open for feedback. So yeah, they, they've grown up with getting permanent feedback, either online, social media, what sure. have you. So they're very, very open for just uh-huh. hearing it. Just tell, it, tell it to me straight, right? Tell me what I should be doing different. Yep. Um, and another thing what really helps for attention is uh, your values are no longer posters on a wall. People expect a company to have a particular stance in the in the society, what they stand for, yep. even things like you know um, uh, volunteering, nonprofit uh, support. Uh, a company is expected to to have a bigger a bigger role in society than just being an employer. Um, yeah. So that can go as far as offering offering employees volunteer time off. Right, you can you can spend two year two days a year, for instance, on a nonprofit of your choice or. Or anything along that that spectrum is is really really appreciated by a younger workforce. Yeah, well, and I think it speaks to one of the things that we did, and I, I think it kind of gets back to what you were saying about the the company's purpose is being really clear on that. Hey, we exist for a reason beyond just making money, right? Um, the days of, of of that it seems have gone, you know, certainly by by the wayside. Um, where it's like, what is your mission to improve the world, right? And what do you stand for? And what's your, and then that permeates down to like, what's your personal why? And that was a, something, yeah. an exercise we went through from the CEO, you know, literally through the entire organization. And we shared it at our uh, annual um, holiday party uh, back in December. Now, I will tell you, that was a very, um, it was a tough exercise, mm-hmm. uh, but we were able to get through it. But I think it galvanized the company in a way that, um, you know, we felt was really productive. But if, excellent I point to bring it up. 
I, I think the moment you define your why as, as a company and as every single employee, that is like a red light, almost like a threat, a red threat for everything that you do. Like basically you can everything, every decision in your in your life, in your work, you can bring back to your why. Filters through that lens. Yeah. yeah. It's like your, your North Star is your guiding beacon to wh why you're doing it and what you should be doing. So, so as an owner, maybe we can pivot the conversation here too. As 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 an owner, right? We've talked a little bit about the landscape and um, and, and sort of how it's different now. Like, what should uh, employers be looking for when hiring new employees? I think I think the biggest change is is a is a mentality change where it is less. I'm offering an opportunity to work for my company. You have to be more on the hunt for the employee. So basically what it means is you have to realize that the, the employee has choices and you're happy to get this employee. So as what it basically means for me is that it's I always I always advise employers to to put themselves in the in the shoes of the employee. So uh, have some empathy. <laughs> and, and and basically think what's in it for me. Uh, yeah. and if you and if you take that, if you take that position. It, it's easier to kind of realize that what are they looking for? What is is that what we're offering? Um, there, there are several other things as well. Like it's it's uh, it that permeates also into how do you do your job or how do you do your job your job advertising? Right, you cannot just post it on one medium or one platform and hope that it actually works. Okay. Um, it also means that you go multiple platform. You make sure that you're your your online presence as a company is 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 in perfect order right i mean your yeah. website better be good your um and yeah, it's like table stakes these days right yeah right and and, and people will check Glassdoor. people oh, yeah. will check you out on youtube people will check you out on social media and if things are not consistent in or people feel like your the values that you advertise on your about us page yep. are not true not 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 real then they just they just switch off yeah um, uh, what to to also be successful in recruiting is speed is everything right gone are the days where people say well you have an interview with joe first and then two weeks later you're going to have an interview with the, yeah. the next level and then the hr will speak to you the week after no the whole process has to be taken has to be taken place in one week because um it's very simple the best candidates have multiple suitors so the best candidates will have multiple companies going after them. Yeah, uh, and if you're not fast and not enticing, they will be gone. Um, so how do you? That brings up an interesting point, though. How do you balance the speed in the marketplace? And I get that, right? But not rushing into a hire that ultimately, like we talked about, that cost of turnover. And let's just hypothetically say, you know, this person's you know looks like great on paper, but six months later, it's like you realize you, you know, you hire too quickly, right? You could certainly fall into that trap. So how do, how does one navigate balancing those two different priorities? So I think part of it is preparation. If you, if you, before you even go out there and try to find candidates, people have a tendency, if they put a job order together, a job opening, they, and you give them a bullet list, they keep writing bullets, right? They basically just keep adding stuff. Keep adding. And I always tell my clients, I want you to separate what you like to have and what you must have. So there is a, a very wants. <laughs> yeah, these are like the must-haves. Yeah. And I challenge a lot of people if they say, well, this person must have a bachelor or must have a master's or must have a particular certification. Is that really true? Right? If you yeah. are if you are a fairly junior position, isn't it better to hire a person 
and teach the person on the job and therefore create a more a better a better fit in your company or do you want to have somebody just because that's common that must have an, a, a bachelor or, or a degree yeah um, so that's i think that's not the case um i also uh, uh yeah so be flexible what you really what what is what you really adamant what they should have and i always always advise people look for the non-obvious ones right like uh, don't forget about the veterans the veterans are yeah. a great group of of employees that have worked in a very systematic disciplined environment that are great with, with typically with use of technology with greater communication so yeah. a lot of values that a lot of companies are looking for um, when you look at stay-at-home moms um, they probably look for uh, more flexibility in timing yeah. but they're willing and they're eager to show their their skill set and what have you and even people that, that have retired, I just mentioned in the beginning about 2 million people retiring and baby boomers, but you know, a lot of them are still very eager to kind of share their best practices their and knowledge. have like a coaching role, or even as a part-time role. So, okay. so another trick is to kind of really look outside the typical, the typical pool of candidates you would be looking for. Well, it sounds like what you're saying is being, being thoughtful and questioning, hey, is just because it was done this way in the past, doesn't mean it has to be that way going forward. And also being thoughtful to perhaps thinking outside the box, like you were saying, if flexibility is really important, maybe there's a talent pool that uh, we can leverage that that flexibility to attract those kind of individuals who would be good for our company, meet their needs, and it's a win-win all all the way around. Um, yeah. I, I, sorry, Joe, you asked indeed. Like I, I was I wasn't answering the question. I realized. So that's the preparation side of it. I think during during the process of hiring and recruiting. Uh-huh. Um, it's for me it's very simple the more the more prepared you are the faster you can move sure and, and, okay and, and and i would basically it is it comes down to really simple things like i mean if there is in the first interview with joe make sure that the second interview is lined up right after yeah and, and have and have a common understanding between you and the and the and the and the, and the, and the company management what the pass and no pass uh, criteria are, what are the what are the success factors you're looking for so you can actually make a very quick decision so it's being prepared like you're saying but also having your process really clearly defined so you can move through it rather quickly and methodically um to stay competitive with the market landscape correct yeah okay good in terms of um you know, what are you seeing now right now in terms of company policy? This is a little bit of a, a specific question, but obviously with COVID, you know, one of the, this whole hybrid environment, um, it seems like the pendulum swung really far. And obviously during COVID, it was like everybody was working from home. Oh, we're never going to need offices anymore. This is the way of the future. And then over the last six-ish months, it seems like, you know, big companies, small companies are really trying to get people back into the office. So pun, pendulum kind of swung back that way. But it seems like the reality is uh, somewhere in between where some of the employees and staff really like do still like the hybrid model. Um, is that give us your thoughts on what you're seeing out in the in the workforce now? I think the biggest the biggest word here is flexibility. I think we should all realize that no two employees are the same. Right. There are people that are really good in working remote and are super disciplined and methodical. And probably because they work from home, they have no distraction. They work better than ever. Mm-hmm. But also, there's also the personality that just needs the vibe of the office and the energy of an office or work environment to just get going. And yeah. and, and and maybe somebody that wants to separate private life and, and business. 
yep. and, and works better in that. So as an employer, what you must have going forward is is offering the flexibility to work from home and have a hybrid combination and yeah. be very open for if you hear if people asking for a day off or a day of work from home, give it to them. Yeah. Uh, it's it's I think, I think what COVID what COVID did teach a lot of companies that 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 people if the the fact that people are not productive and get lazy when they work from home is a myth. Um, I think a lot of companies learn how to measure productivity and measure uh, attendance uh, while people work from home. So as always, the, the solution is somewhere in the middle, Joe. I think right. as, as an employer, just be flexible and open to request work from home. In my case, my, my staff, um, there are people in my staff that love work, that love work in the office, that like the energy, and there are people that ask for like one day off and work from home. Yeah. No, it's inter- It's a definitely an interesting uh, dynamic that I think a lot of companies are still trying to figure out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where we are a year, two, three years from now, and, and what trends sort of emerge from it uh, as well. It, so. it, it, it also means, Joe, I think as a company, I think we learned it the hard way during COVID. As an employer, we have to think more creatively how we measure success and how we measure output, right? Yeah, no, I think you actually touched on something which is really interesting is that how you're measuring success and performance in in your uh, outcome and key results that you want, redefining those as well. I would wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, Well, you know, we call this a ripcord moment because I firmly believe when an owner goes to sell their business, it's like jumping out of a plane uh, their parachute can't fail. You've got to make sure that ripcord is intact and they're flooded with all kinds of emotions, elation, fear, uh, the adrenaline's going. Um, and so I always ask our guests for two action items that an owner should do sooner than later if they're going to contemplate selling their business. And obviously, you know, I actually believe and I think you probably would agree that um, the human capital element of a business, right? At the end of the day, a company is just made up of the the caliber of people that you have in the company. And so you can only take a company as far as the talent, the leadership, the management within that company uh, can go with the people. And so um, what would you suggest to an owner who's contemplating uh, some sort of succession event, whether it's an internal transition, a sale to a third party, maybe a management change to their their, uh, family? uh, What are a couple of action items that an owner should do sooner than later if they're going to go through some sort of succession event, well, a lot of HR has a HR mistakes have a very high liability, right? So, if, sure. If, so I would definitely recommend doing some kind of HR audit, where depending on the company if, that you are, but let's say if you're a manufacturing company, you definitely want to make sure that um, that all your all your OSI certification and all your workers comp certification and all your you know your history is taken care of if it is an office environment that is less relevant i would say because there are less there's less exposure there's less risk attached to it but um, here real quick on that because i think you're bringing up a really good point should i be bringing in you know um an outside audit i mean how do we go about doing that or is there a firm that we have that audits us do we get a our corporate attorney to come in and make sure that all of our legal documents are buttoned up on the hr side how do we do that I would recommend to hire an HR firm. You have like an HR consultant to basically do like a three, almost like a 360 uh, audit. Okay. Um, if it is if it is an employment lawyer, they will have I think too narrow of a scope for it's more okay. like a legal liability. 
Um, uh, an HR firm can also look a little bit at the culture and 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 like the softer aspects of the HR the HR uh, uh, status. Um, secondly, I would strongly recommend that no buyer wants to buy a company uh, when the workforce isn't stable. So I think a lot of underlying issues must be sorted out before you leave or you pull the ripcord. Right. So basically, meaning if there is uh, a simmering fire that somebody that people are frustrated about not being promoted or drama or issues you better make sure that's all sorted out before you kind of leave because when you're no longer there especially as, as a smaller company where people yeah. attach to the the manager the owner and they really feel like they're part of a family if certainly the the, the head of the family leaves um a lot of the things can erupt and basically disrupt the the company that you leave behind and you don't want to do that Okay, so making sure that as best as you can that uh, there, there are no fires uh, with your personnel, and that certainly makes a lot of sense. So there are no hidden, there are no bodies in the closet anywhere now. Yeah, there's no grenades that are going to blow up. <laughs> uh, well, Don, it's been great having the conversation with you. Uh, if somebody in our audience want to get a hold of you, how might they go about doing that? Um, they can they can email me at drenson. It's the first letter of my first name, my last name. Drenson at pridestaff.com. They're always free to call my cell phone, which is 310-800-6846. If I don't take it up, uh, if I don't pick up, I'm either sleeping or I will call you back. Uh, <laughs> and, and last but not least, it's uh, uh, please check our website, staffingthousandoaks.com. And uh, it was such a pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much for the invite. Well, Don, thank you for your time, your expertise, uh, and we really appreciate being on the Ripcord Moment. We're going to go ahead and sign off. So this is Joe Cito again from the Ripcord Moment, and we'll catch you next time.